0: and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Oh, this is an exciting episode this week. I'm really excited to cover this one, as it's just so bizarre and it's pretty much in most mainline religions too. I really love covering religious folklore as well, it's always super interesting. But yes, this week we are covering the Seraphim, or Seraph for singular. They are from Biblical, Judean and Islamic religious folklore, Although with religion I find it quite strange to call it folklore, although it's definitely not mythology, as in theory, that means there's no such thing and that becomes an issue, so we're going to stick with all or nothing and stay with folklore. Uh, That's the easiest way to do this. Anyway, these monsters are pretty strange in comparison to other monsters we've covered in the past, and can we really consider them monsters? That's the real question, but in some religions, Seraphim are known as the top tier of angels, with the highest connection to the god of said religion. They are described as, I'm gonna just say, pretty horrific beings. Definitely not the angels you're thinking of stereotypically, unfortunately. These are six-winged, four-faced angels, mostly consisting of a whole bunch of feathers and eyes, to be completely honest. They're actually really hard to describe looks-wise, as they are completely unique there's nothing for me to kind of relate them to, but just imagine six pairs of wings and lots of faces poking out from in between those wing bits. They can also appear in a human form if they so please whilst on earth, but they mostly will stick to this nightmarish form that they have up in heaven. They are also known as usually being on fire with God's love and covering their many faces with their wings, So, for example, most of them will have two of their six wings covering their feet, so that the dirtiness, so to say, of feet are hidden from God, two covering their faces, and using the last two wings to fly. So it does get a little bit complicated, and you can imagine how I was trying to put this together description-wise. It's also said, though, that they have the most powerful voices of all creatures, and can kill a human with a song and shatter glass like a top opera singer. However, there are no mentions specifically saying that they do this, it's just that they have the power, there aren't any examples of anyone dying this way in any religious text that I could find, but they are said to fly around the throne of God, singing his praises and calling the world to praise his majesty and power. They would be sent to earth to fulfil any orders of purification, and would purify people by placing a hot coal from the altar of the heavens upon the lips of the person which will purify their soul and heal them. They are completely obedient to God and are his most loyal and powerful subjects. Now, in order to truly understand angels within any religious context, there is a quite strict structure of angelic beings and a hierarchy around them. So there are technically nine types of angels within three different triads. In the first triad to contemplate and adore God directly, seraphims are the most powerful, they are number one, Followed by the cherubim, who look very similar to the seraphim, but they are usually described as being like cherubs, so the babies with the wings. They usually protect sacred spaces like Eden, for example. Then it's the thrones, who are the most monstrous looking, eye-covered, intertwined rings with wings, who dispense God's justice and maintain harmony in all the cosmos. These are the most horrific beings you will probably ever see. I know there have been some weird TikTok versions where they've been brought to life and they are just something straight out of a nightmare for an angelic being. I will say though, from this triad, all the angels look like stereotypical ones with the humanoid forms and the wings with togas. The weird ones are just generally within the top three of Christian mythology. I just want to get this across as well. This is a Christian version. It's not Judaic. It's not... Islam. This is just purely Christian. In the second triad, generally for defence are the dominions who govern nations, the virtues who rule over miracles and blessings, and the powers who guard heaven from demons. And the last three are ones you've most likely heard of, with the principalities who rule over the angels and keep them in line, archangels who are the guardians of nations and countries, which is why they're so involved with humans, some famous ones include Raphael, Gabriel and Azrael, for example, and they all have different types within Archangels, so we'll cover this in a separate Archangels episode, much later along the lines I'm sure. Lastly though, for Biblical Angels we have Guardian Angels who look over specific people and support and help them directly and in person, basically the most likely one that you would be able to see. I will say that I will make sure to cover all of the types in separate episodes bar the kind of four in the middle and guardian angels just as they're pretty easy to cover within one episode on generally angels whilst the others have a lot more meat to them so it does make sense so don't worry if you feel like I'm not giving you a lot of information on this now I will get to it in other episodes I promise. Now as I said this hierarchy is the Christian version but that's kind of the broadest one to kind of go with. It's got the most descriptions. However, for the Jewish faith, the hierarchy is slightly different with each text, so it's actually quite complicated to cover. But the original philosophy was the following. So the top dogs were the Chayot Hat Kodesh, who held up the throne of God, and they do look very similar to the seraphim. The Ophanim, who look like thrones with their intertwining eye-covered rings who reflect God's will. Then we have the Erelim, who were very normal-looking angels. They were known as the angels of the earthly justice. Following this, we have the Hashmalim, who are elemental angels. Then we have the Seraphim, who again, emblazoned winged creatures who praise God around his throne, but definitely not as important within the Jewish faith. Then we have the Malachim, who are the usual messengers to the earth. Lastly, we have the Elohim, who were warriors who strive for victory over evil. The Benel Elohim, who are also warriors. And lastly, the Cherubim. Oh, how the mighty have fallen from number two all the way down to number nine. But they just hang around around God's feet and chill. However, they were the first beings within Judaic existence. So that's very cool. We'll take that. So I also said they're covered in Islam which I really want to cover as well. They have much broader kind of definitions for each of the different hierarchical bits. And there isn't an immense hierarchy. It's more important within the actual individual angels within these categories. So I'm not going to go too crazy into descriptions because they are kind of covered within different episodes, but they have archangels who reign over the plights of men, guardian angels who guard people, then the angels of judgment, heaven, netherworld, and weather, which are pretty self-explanatory, as you can imagine. So, not to go too crazy with some examples, but the archangels, for example, there is Jibri, the angel who communicates Allah's word to the prophets, Israfil, who blows the trumpets to mark the day of judgment, Mikail, who delivers rainfall and food, a Malak al-Mawat, who takes souls to the underworld. I will say I tried my best with pronunciation there, I don't know exactly how to pronounce them, I did try and look them up, but I hope I did it right, please tell me if I didn't. But anyway, I would go over every single angel within this religion, but there are just so many, so they're just the archangels, and as you can see, most of the categories are very similar to the Jewish and Christian versions. And the seraphim are actually within the angels of heaven category with Islam. And they have Hamalat al-Ash, who is the closest to the throne, running the holding up of the throne with the other seraphim. But they're not specifically called seraphim. Now, onto etymology. The word seraphim comes from the Hebrew word seraph, which means to burn. This is because obviously they are depicted as emblazoned by the light of God's love, they are literally on fire. And actually, both the Bible and the Torah describe love as a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. So this very much links it back to the seraphim. However, it should be mentioned that the etymology for the English word angel comes from the Greek word angelos and the Latin angelus, both meaning messenger. So that's fun too, it's always good to know. You can imagine that the origins of the seraphim go back to the writings of the holy books, with Christianity and the Bible, Judaism with the Torah and the Old Testament, and Islam with the Quran. However, I cannot tell you when these scriptures were written. It's a mystery to everyone, so please do not expect answers of that from me. It's too much pressure and I don't know, I'm sorry. But for Christianity, they were mentioned in the book of Isaiah, which is in the Old Testament, where Isaiah had a vision of God upon his throne in the temple he was visiting. Around the top of the throne, seraphim float, burning bright with God's love. Isaiah said, Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. Then one of the seraphim takes a piece of coal, presses it to Isaiah's lips, as we know that's purifying him. So that was definitely signifying that Isaiah was worthy of being purified, And then he could go on to be a prophet of God. There's actually a really great quote from the passage here. And as he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged. They are mentioned again in the book of Revelation. They are described as forever being in God's presence, saying, And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is, and is to come. Now, I did say that Isaiah's vision is within the Old Testament, so this is very true for the Jewish faith as well, so not much else to cover on that one, it's the same story. However, in Islam, seraphim are, as I said, not mentioned, but they're very much linked to bearers of the throne. However, bearers of the throne are described as also having six wings four faces within the book of the wonders of creation and the peculiarities of the existing things, as the highest level of angels, and are constantly praising God within this religious text too. I will say though, and I'm not contradicting myself in theory, they are mentioned by name in a hadith, which is a record approved by the prophet Muhammad, and apparently were confined to heaven rather than ever being alongside man. So it's kind of debatable whether the bearers of the throne and seraphim are the same thing, or if they're completely different. However, they do certainly look alike and have very much similarities in regards to how they look and how they act as well. Now, in terms of sightings, there are very few people who have said to have seen one in their heavenly forms on Earth. The most famous account of a seraph in heavenly form was from 1224 when St Francis of Assisi once found a seraph who gave him stigmata wounds on his hands when he was praying about Jesus Christ's crucifixion. Other than that, really, human contact is limited. But this is because they are duty-bound to hold up the throne of God, or at least be around the throne of God, giving him constant praise. So it does make sense that we don't see them very often. It is said, though, that Gabriel, the angel to visit Joseph and Mary upon Jesus' miraculous conception, showed his angelic form to begin with before changing into the imagined archangel form we think of. But even this is just hearsay. It is also said that actually before his fall from grace and into hell, Lucifer was actually a seraphim himself. And he was so respected that he was actually prince of the choir. So he was really high up before he fell. But either way, that leads us really nicely onto modern media. Now for art, we have a few classic pieces like St. Francis's Vision of a Seraph by Giotto from between 1267 and 1337. We don't know the exact dates, but that's a painting of the story I told you a minute ago. Seraphim Surround the Divine Throne by Jean Lenoir from 1375. Or you can look at some amazing independent stuff. I used Seraphim 2 by Dan Hillier from 2010 in my advertising this week which I think is so haunting and also horrifying. In some movies, though, we have The Prince of Egypt, Time Masters, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, Noah, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, Krampus and the Matrix trilogy. Now, you might not remember them specifically from these things, it's said that there's meant to be like a vision or some kind of iconography throughout these films that have them in at least. I can tell you that the Indiana Jones one is basically what's meant to be in the Ark of the Covenant, is a seraphim, and that's what melts their faces in the first one. So all fun. Now for TV, we do have a few, but very little again. The Legend of Korra, been Hotel, Doctor Who, Supernatural, Dominion, The Bastard Executioner and Midnight Mass but for video games we have loads because of course we do. So we have Astral Chain, The Binding of Isaac, Bendy and the Ink Machine, Bayonetta, Dark Souls 2 and 3, Elder Scrolls, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy 7, 9, 13 and 14, Digimon, Kingdom of Hearts, End of the World, Dungeon Crawl, Kirby 64, Kirby the Forgotten Land, Monster Train, Supreme Commander, Dwarf Fortress, Mega Man Zero, Fate slash Grand Order, Charlotte Corday, Heroes of the Storm, Tales of Zestiria, Okamai, Monolith, The Secret World, Personia 5, Shin Megami Tensei, World of Warcraft, Water Womb World, don't know that one honestly, Silent Hill 3, Armoured Core, Vintage Story, Street Fighter and Super Smash Bros Ultimate. Now my book recommendation this week is actually just specifically on angels, it's From Gabriel to Lucifer, A Cultural History of Angels by Valerie Rees and is all about every single angel species, so do imagine this book coming back in those other episodes, but it does include Seraphim and actually if you're into all of that give it a read, it's a really good book. But now it's time for Do I think they existed? Now, this is just my opinion here, I'm gonna say that before saying anything. I'm not poo-pooing anyone who believes in angels, but am I one of those people? Absolutely not. I am really not. I am certainly not religious either, and angels and religion usually go hand in hand, especially with the specific three we talked about today. So it's a bit of a struggle to believe in one in contrast to both, I think that's generally a struggle if you can believe in angels and not believe in some form of God. I'm very much the pagan persuasion, so for me, I've got a whole load of them. That's why it doesn't really make sense to me. However, I do get it. If you are religious, I can see why these are totally believable. However, I will say, not based on their looks, if I take a very religious standpoint here, I can't see how realistically these monstrosities are roaming about in heaven. They sound horrifying. Imagine looking at one of those. I feel like if you saw one of those, your eyes would just explode in your head. Maybe they're never meant to be seen, I don't know. But maybe God's into that. It's definitely a ropey one for me. I think they're terrifying, and I certainly wouldn't want one holding up my chair, but each to their own, I suppose. I cannot wait, though, to cover thrones, because they are definitely the freakiest versions of the angels. And I say I don't like these ones. I really don't like those ones. They are definitely the worst. And considering they're the angels of justice, I would not want them hitting me up if I did something wrong. I would literally rather go to prison than face one of those telling me off. Just telling me off, not even doing anything. I would rather never see one. But what do you think? Did Seraphim roam the heavens and the earth? let me know on Twitter, I would love to know what you think. I really love covering religious folklore, I find it so interesting to cover, but it's really tricky to walk the line, as obviously some people do believe in these kind of things. However, they're still really cool to look at, especially with the way these ones look too. But next week, we're heading over to Inuit mythology for the first time in a little while. I'm actually really excited to go back, and we're looking at the Kualapalik, Keep your little ones close and away from the ice next Thursday. But for now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next. We'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast. And the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk and you can also find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. But come join the fun, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky and I'll see you later, babes!